0: Oh. 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 Honestly,
1: Welcome to episode 99 of Honestly Unbalanced and this is another short taken from our live conversations at the Soul Circus Festival and this guest we've had on twice before Radhika Das, and this conversation although it's short is full of gold and lots of topics we haven't actually Chat about before we chat about uh, like Radica's massive growth on social media lately, the value of taking risks and giving 110%, even when facing doubts and criticism, balancing family life with a commitment to sharing spiritual practices publicly, the importance of understanding and adapting to different cultural perspectives when sharing spiritual practices, and so much more. If you're interested in hearing, the longer form conversations with Radhika Das, then check out a recent episode ish and one actually near the beginning. But you find it all on honestlyunbalanced.com. And while you're there, check out a whole new website, it's all changed. So if you're a member of the online platform, now you can actually search through every single class on a new fancy filter system so that if you're unfamiliar with it we've got hundreds of yoga classes on there sound healing meditation and lots more including live content uh and it is great value for money and if you're interested in signing up uh you can get 25 percent off with code honest 25 and you'll have heard me talk about vivo barefoot shoes a lot on this podcast and temporarily, just for this month, code Adam Hustler twenty will give you twenty percent off, rather than the normal ten, and that's of their whole range. I've got recently their snow boots, which I'm going to be testing in Finland in a few days' time. Very excited, but literally, it's all I wear for so long. All I want now is Viva Barefoot. In fact, tell a lie. I did wear some other shoes the other day because uh, I wanted to look a little bit more hipster. Uh, And my feet really felt like they're getting squashed together. I didn't like it at all. I went immediately straight back to my vivos the next day. But anyway, enjoy the episode. And episodes are now also live on YouTube if you want to actually see the person. Anyway, take care. Enjoy.
2: And the first thing that I guess that's current, and I'm sure all of you kind of know what I could do anyway, is your Instagram has blown up amazingly uh, recently. And what I've noticed is you are someone who's willing to invest in growth. And that be whether spending money on your podcast and like, and actually getting an amazing studio and bringing people in for that and get this amazing venue, Union Chapel, which Ed Sheeran's documentary was featured around and committing to that, taking the risk. And that's paid off massively because you've got so much social media content that is booming. How how many followers you got now? It's like another 5,000 every 10 minutes or something.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I've lost count but it's something like 200 200 and something thousand, so that's cool.
2: So I guess the question is, your approach to taking risk for growth. Can you speak to that?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it's really the case that when you're doing something that's a little bit um, new to the scene, the wellness scene, I share kirtan, I share mantra meditation, and when you're sharing something that isn't so commonly understood, or when it's something that is uh, a new niche in the market, I felt very passionate about trying to give it the best platform possible. And um, I mean, (laughs) we could boil this right down to the psychology of my childhood or something. (laughs) But there's something in me that always strives to try and give whatever I do 110%. Because I think that, yeah, there's a quote that I love that kind of signifies why I I live that lifestyle. It's by Martin Luther King. It goes, uh, those who love peace, must learn to organize themselves as effectively, if not better, than those who love war. Mm. And if those who love war can be so organized down to the point where, you know, we don't even know what our taxes are going to nowadays, if they can be so discreet and so organized in such a way that the material world is basically giving us all these opportunities uh, for, yeah, material enjoyment, then why can't spiritualists be organized too? Amazing. You know, so that's been a driver for me that everything that I do, let's give it the best platform. If we're going to spend money on a podcast, let's spend top dollar, let's make sure it's filmed properly. If we're going to do a concert, let's do it at Union Chapel, not in a hall down the street. Let's do it at Union Chapel, let's make it a, a, a proper platform for the practice. And so... Um, did, you have any d-
2: did you have any doubters, whether that be friends oh, yeah. or family, that didn't think it would work, or thought, why are you boosting your ego by recording a podcast? Yeah, I and mean, I still how would you it. respond to that? How do you interact with that?
0: Yeah, I mean, I still get it. It's... Um, it's interesting because when I first started sharing Kiritan and Mantra, the honest response I got from the market was, you're not white, you're not female, you're not blonde, pack it in.
1: <laughs> in, in
0: essence, that what they said, that's what they told me. I'm not going to say who, but that was the essence of, you're not going to make it, you don't have the look. And I know, like, okay, I dress in fancy clothes, but I'm not a Brad Pitt lookalike. But at the same time... You've got
2: time, a very nicely crafted beard. I mean, I do Those take time are like it. lines.
0: <laughs> This takes me more than 10 minutes, I'll tell you that. (laughs) Um, But it was definitely a downer, and I had to really reassess, do I love the practice as much as putting the time and energy required in? And and, uh, yeah, for two years, imagine like the first ever kirtan I did, there was one person that came in, I had a full band with me, including a sax player, a drum player, the whole whole thing. One person walked in, put their mat out, lie down on the floor (laughs) and I was like okay well we just crack on right we just carry on we're doing this and after about 10 minutes I opened my eyes and the person was gone so we did the whole set two hour set in front of no one and I was told by my spiritual teacher that if no one comes you chant to the walls, because ultimately the chanting will purify your own consciousness and at the time I was like really doubting myself I was like maybe they were right I mean maybe I should I don't know have a sex change or Maybe I should, you know, <laughs> dye my hair blonde or something. I didn't know what to do. I was really, really, mm, yeah, shaken by the whole thing. But I felt happy. Deep within, I felt that there was something that, regardless of whether other people appreciate it or not, you have to kind of back yourself when you find a practice mm. that is going to bring you joy and happiness. And how are people
2: doubting you now? You said it's still still happening.
0: Yeah, I mean, interestingly enough, it's people from uh, an Indian background will say, why are you making it so white? You know? Oh, really? Yeah, like, why are you westernizing the kirtan practice? And, uh, yeah, I mean, you can't win, right? There's that story of a man who carries a donkey through a town. Have you heard that? Has anyone no. heard that story? tell it. Okay, tell so there's it. a father and a son walking through villages. They've got a donkey with them. And the first village they go through, everyone starts laughing because the man had put his son on the donkey. And they were laughing, saying, look at this idiot. He's put his son on the donkey. He's an old man. Why is he making his son sit on the donkey? He should sit on the donkey. So in the next village they went through. They swapped places. The son was holding the donkey's rope. And the man was sitting on the back of the donkey. And everyone started laughing, saying, look at this guy. Such a fool. Such a fool. He's got a, a small child. And he's sitting on the back of the donkey. How foolish. So the third village they went through, neither of them sat on the donkey. And everyone started laughing, saying, look at this fool. Look at these fools. Neither of them are sitting on the donkey. Mm. So you can't please everyone, ultimately. Oh, there wasn't wasn't there's no happy ending on the story. I mean, I don't think <laughs> there's ever... I think there's always going to be people that just don't like they us, will. you know? And it will get
2: worse for you now, right, in, the, in the nicest way. Because yeah. your growth has been so so great, which is wonderful that people are starting to be aware of what Kielitan is. you have got so many more followers now. There'll be so many more people, I'm sure, saying negative stuff. And we've had a conversation before. You know, My tactic is just block... <laughs> block people. Just delete and block. Don't interact with it in any way. Yeah. Block and delete. What are your tactics for dealing with it? Or what are your, t- your teachers advising you?
0: Yeah, it's a uh, good question. How am I dealing with it? Firm resolve is one. I have firm resolve that the practice is purifying. Hmm. I think we have to come to a point in our lives, each and every one of us, where we solidify principles by which we live by, practices by which we die by, and in so doing, it doesn't affect us so much anymore. Mm. Like, Ultimately, when people say harmful things, there's always 1% truth in it, but -hmm. there's also a a majority percentage of them just trying to tell you that they want some love. Those that want love usually say it in the most unloving ways, and ultimately, when people are saying harmful things, it's yes. They, they, there's always going to be truth in what they say—one percent, two percent, ten percent, fifty percent—but there's another emotional part of it that's usually just them crying out, "Love me," and they
2: want to be—they want to be seen.
0: They just want to be seen, yeah.
2: And maybe growing up, that's the only way they've been able to get that—is to mm. uh, to behave in a negative way, and that's the only way they've been seen. I guess so. What a lovely answer, though. Mm. Firm resolve and what gave you that resolve initially? Where did that come from? Was it family Was it friends? Was mm. there a moment when you thought this is my path and this is what I need to bring to the world?
0: Yeah, I think uh, on that part it was the solitude I took up in my young age like when I first discovered kirtan and bhakti I was like 15 16 years old and at that time it wasn't even in my mind that I want to share with this with the world I just took the opportunity to practice in solitude And I think nowadays people are scared to do that. Everything has to be done with a community. Mm. Like you need to find a hundred people that you're going to love this with. But I think there's a power and It's it's different from being lonely. Loneliness and solitude, there's a difference. Loneliness... uh, See, solitude is a choice. You've chosen to practice something in such a way that it becomes a part of you deep down, not just, you know, for show. Uh, One of my teachers, Radhanath Swami, says that the character of a person can be told... The character of a person can be told by what they do when no one else is watching.
2: Mm.
0: How many practices do you have in your life that you don't share on Instagram, that you don't expect others to validate you for, that you don't expect your friends and family to be talking about all the time because you're trying to impress them? How many things do you do in your life that are simply for your own personal character building? And when we count those things, we can start thinking, okay, what kind of life... Do I want to live? Or what changes can I make? The small changes? What practices can I add? The small practices that will help me to build resolve, inner resolve. And it's uh, it sounds really lofty, right? What I'm speaking is like, yeah, yeah, Radhika, come on, give us a break, like <laughs> talk on the real level. But the truth is that spirituality or attainment of any sort of spiritual knowledge or, you know, reformation, people think, a lot of people think it's the clouds will part, the Instagram followers will come, the rays of the sunlight hit your head and you start feeling this divine bliss. It's a choice. You, you have to make a choice about what kind of life you want to live, you know? And so it was an active choice. Mm. Yes, there were karma elements, you know, I mean, like things that are out of my control that made everything work, like finding an amazing team, finding amazing people, at, like, you know, you heard the musicians up there, they're incredible, that wasn't all my doing a lot of this kind of like destiny and karma etc but at the same time i'm always trying to for every one hour i sit in front of this thing this microphone i'm trying to spend two hours away from it mm. and uh it's a choice you have to make a choice has
2: it, has it changed your personal pr- like facilitating sessions leading sessions it being a source of income as well and a business and the, the growth in that aspect has it changed your personal practice and your interaction with that or it stayed the same? Yeah,
0: I just spend a lot more. Yeah, okay. So, um, those of you that know me personally, and even in fact, this is a great opportunity for me to share it, uh, everything that comes in through any donations or any contributions I get through Kirtan, I either spend it back in trying to spread Kirtan or I spend it on more expensive musicians. And so, even though last year my accounts, we turned over £103,000, I spent 98000 of that or so. Because the idea is that I so much believe that hearts can change one mantra at a time, so much believe it, so much believe it, that I will invest all of the money back in. And so I still work a nine-to-five. I still have a, a regular job, believe it or not. I'm burning the candle hard at both <laughs> ends. But it's what I'm saying is you need to find what is your purpose, you know? What is that one burning inner resolve that you're willing to go above and beyond for? And if you haven't found it yet... It's never too late. Just (laughs) go and experience life in a way that you never thought was possible. Go and have experiences. Go and meet people and slowly try things. Try this practice. Try that practice. Find that inner burning and just develop that in solitude. And when you feel that the time is right, just go for it. Go and share. Because more dreams have died by these words than any other. More dreams have died by the words what will people think? And so... Even if I took some of that money for myself, there'll be people that will say, oh my God. But the fact is that I don't care whether people like that I'm k- spending the money in Kirtan or that, you know, people are a- amazed by it. I'm just simply, <laughs> what, how to say, convinced that this practice is <laughs> incredible. <laughs>
2: I love it. There's no calling for like a 90,000 pound team Porsche. Yeah, <laughs> the money's I, been wish. Spent on. <laughs> I wish. And then what's your, what's, what, p- other practices keep you going? Like, Do you have any other hobbies, as it were, or anything that is just yours, that yeah. isn't out there in the public domain that is just personal, that yeah. isn't linked to business or Dharma? Or
0: yeah, I mean, I like being a father. Um, when I was growing up, my dad was incredible. He supported me and still is supporting me in so many ways. But one thing that I really appreciated in my opportunity for fatherhood was I was able to spend like Monday to Thursday with my kids all the time. Mm. Like I'm just always there for them. And so that's in one sense a hobby, but it's also something that I choose to invest in. I could, yeah. I could choose to take up events that just make me travel all the time. But I've kind of committed now, Monday to Thursday is for me and my family. And then Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I'll go out and share. Are,
2: are your kids old enough to understand, or the eldest might be, mm. to understand vaguely what you do?
0: Yeah, I mean, I did a kirtan on Sunday last week in Hampstead Heath Park. And there was like 200 people that were there with us. And he just came and sat on my lap. And I was like, you know, either I'd sacrifice the kirtan or i just actively go, no, this could be a l- really defining moment for him. He may remember this. Like, I still remember small moments from when I was like three, four, five mm. years old. And so... Uh,
2: so he was sitting on your lap with the harmonium. He's to trying you? to
0: press the keys and I'm like, oh, don't do that. <laughs> but... <laughs> no I, I just left him there and you know he had a great time
2: have you bought him any instruments yet we've just bought Sonny like the equivalent of like a little drum and he's loving it have you got them on
0: no yeah, he's got a keyboard but he doesn't quite know what it does so I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna,
2: I'm gonna offline I'm gonna make you some recommendations <laughs> on this little kind of drum you can get let's do it, <laughs> it's a, it looks you're called. making my
0: house a noisy place
2: which is, which, which is nothing, nothing Nothing? wrong with that yeah. let's talk now <laughs> <laughs> Let let's shift shift gear a little bit towards like what do you, do you all do kiratan? Have you all been like you all been? You all know what this is, okay? Do oh, you also, th- this next. is so go, Sorry, guys, watching the recording. But how many of your friends think you're doing like weird cult stuff when you go to a Kirtan? Yeah, and so to, for these people whose friends think they're in a cult, they go to Kirtan. How would you? What should they be saying to their friends? Yeah, instead amazing. of what it is and the meaning. Because I think I get a bit. Like, my mom is still like, is it religious? Should you be, should you be, part is, is this against our Roman Catholic upbringing? <laughs> what would be a good answer?
0: Oh, it's so dependent on the situation and <laughs> who you're talking <laughs> to, you know. Is anyone that w- wants to do this with me? And I can try my best to help them to share. Does anyone want to be able to share it with their friends and family and their colleagues? Anyone?
2: If no. not, I will. Okay, right. Okay, so your situation. So, ma- so my situation is, I brought, let's not do family, let's do friends. Yep. I was supposed to be a lawyer. And so a lot of my friends are now lawyers who mainly spend their evenings drinking. Okay. Okay. Uh, both out and in. And anything to do with this world, they kind of get yoga, they understand the body bit mm. because, you know, for most people, yoga asana is a first entry point. To yep. to you Because, it, because we're, u- as Westerners, we're used to moving our bodies. Yep. Okay. And that, that meditation is a little bit out there, but being more, than, you know, the cues for Michael's ten are incredible. Like people mm. are more and more up for meditation. Mm-hmm. But then the idea of doing chanting, is like, your weirdos. Yep. Is it like a school choir? Is it a cult? What is it? Do you yep. even know what you're chanting? Is it
0: Hindu karaoke? Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and I think in a previous podcast, I told you about my experience yeah. of thinking when I first saw it on a big scale and it was all white people. I was like, this is like the equivalent of going to China mm. and seeing like lots of people wearing like nun outfits and priest mm-hmm. outfits running around like singing hymns <laughs> like it just felt so odd yeah uh, so yeah so that would be my situation okay. how would you answer those friends like in the pub
0: yeah i think that the way i'd answer it is ask whether they first want to come with you or they're asking because they're trying to cuss you up about it yeah <laughs> so uh, why do you want to know do you want to are you interested in coming or is it something you just like you want to pull, <laughs> pull my leg about it for the next two hours and if they're genuinely interested, just say, what do you want to know? Like, w- what is it that's in- of interest? Because I think what happens is when you love something really dearly, then sometimes the, the tendency is we can overshare mm. and we can start getting into the depths of things that is beyond someone's amateur experience or someone's, like, entry to that process. So, like, you know, a lot of the time, I don't use the word God mm. because it's I've noticed that w- within Western, ordern- Western culture, that's quite a triggering word. Or the word Lord, you know, the Lord thus said this. I I heard it.
2: there was a studio I teach in where there was a big person made a real fuss about a yoga teacher using a god, or I think they were talking about. That's the tragedy.
0: That's the tragedy. Because like, you know, the yoga process, yoga means to connect with Mm. God. That's what it really means. It's it's bringing your mind and consciousness to a point where you can connect with the divine. But the problem is we've thrown the baby out with the bathwater. Have you heard that saying before, the baby out with the bath water? It's like you take a baby, you bathe the baby, you throw the dirty water out, but then to throw the baby out with it doesn't make sense, right? So in the same way, yes, we may not appreciate the words God, religion, uh, institution, Lord, Master, etc. We may not appreciate those terms, but the principles and the concepts behind them are still very much intact. People do appreciate that there is some sort of divine power, the ultimate truth, some may call them Yehovah, some may call them Krishna and Radha, some may call like that. But the principle remains the same, which is that we are individuals. We have a connection with something greater, the universe, the absolute truth, whatever that name is for you. And in that way, when we can just focus on the principles more than the detail, I think that's the right way to share something. Mm. So like for someone that's never had an experience with yoga, you could go into this is warrior Two. stand like this. Let me show you. It's going to make you better. We could just tell them the whole idea is you stretch in the body to stretch the mind to hopefully find the divine.
2: Cool. Yeah. I, need you, I need you to come to the pub with me. Yeah. I need you to come and share. We do not. that. <laughs> 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 no, this is.
0: Shall I sing you a song? All right. There we, we go, there we go, oh, no, there we go, sorry, sorry guys,
2: I'm going to ruin the special moment, you mentioned earlier, Yeah. you talked about some people in kind of your greater community thinking that you're making it white, Yeah. like too white, where does that come from, Is is the idea that the practice should remain part of a certain community, or is it a reaction to cultural appropriation and it's there, for there not to be more cultural appropriation yeah. like where does that come it's from? Great
0: question in the scripture there's this verse that says which means that in every town and village this chanting should go on that the purpose of this chanting is not for the Indian populace alone it's not for people who are born in a, a religious context it's Moranam means that name should spread everywhere because if you have a process by which people can learn to love why would that process be contained? Love by nature means that it should be spread. And so this process is meant for that. Mm. But those who are, in one sense, not really educated in the scripture, and this is quite a controversial statement, here we go. Here the comments come reeling in. Radhika Das, how can you say that? Well, the truth is, read the scripture. First understand. Don't just appropriate based on your own opinions. Mm. Read what the actual scripture is saying. And if you find that there is something contradictory to what I'm saying, send it to me. I'm mm. more than happy to take the challenge. Bring nice. it.
2: And when you wh- do you read in Sanskrit?
0: I read in Sanskrit and I read in Bengali, I read in Hindi.
2: And at wha- what point did you did you learn Sanskrit as a response to you moving more into this world?
0: Uh, yeah. So I first before I started singing, I was actually a speaker. Like that was my thing as a training bhakta. I was like put in front of a microphone and told to speak and share. So in, th- in what in what in what context? Like I would share at university. So like people at City University in two thousand and ten and. 2011 I was sharing at Leicester University. And
2: are, you, what, are you one of these people with like a spit carrying around a speaker? like standing no, 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 no,
0: no, 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 <laughs> no. <laughs> no, they just have like uh, uh, spiritual events where they want okay. me to share about consciousness or share about the soul or talk about the uh, the navigating of the material uh, world as a spiritualist. I didn't realize this. Yeah, and then I thought, you know what, this is all fun and games, but you know what I've noticed about um, Western culture? They don't generally, this is a general point, most people aren't looking for knowledge yeah. they're looking for experiences this is, my, this is what I've seen that if I put on a course which said learn how to be spiritual in six weeks, five people will turn up but if I put up an event that says come and sing and dance with me 150 million people will show up and so I adapted, I was like this is an opportunity for me to share spiritual culture the Vedic spiritual culture specifically and let me do it in a way that people are going to appreciate it and Kirtan seems to be the way I'm not the best singer in the world, I know that but why do you think I bring such an incredible band (laughs) with me? They pick up the pieces. And I think it's important, like once you find something, it's not the detail. The detail is the harmonium. The detail is the voice. Mm. The principle is I'm trying to bring about a consciousness beyond the body, a consciousness of love, a consciousness of happiness, a consciousness beyond that which people have experienced the drinking beer and having Gucci handbags, a consciousness that is completely out of the ordinary, a consciousness that might be the answer to fulfilling a life which is way, 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 much more happier than what they're currently living.
2: In terms of th- the delivery of the kirtan, the leading of it, is there, you, you know, you use multiple instruments. I've mm-hmm. seen many people, you, like Nemtri Yogi, deliver it through kind of a spoken word and rap. Yep. Is there a line to what you could get involved?
0: No. Anything? Yeah, m- my grandfather's spiritual teacher's name is A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami, he says it like this, you can be a spiritualist in suit and tie. Mm. when i read that i was there's another one here's another one there was one one time he was giving a lecture and it was in germany in berlin and one of the audience stood up and said what you're doing is completely irrelevant it's like taking a crocodile and placing it in the river rhine it will not survive it cannot survive because you're trying to transpose a vedic culture and indian culture into a wet wet western atmosphere it cannot survive and so uh, that answer that he gave, he said, you can be a spiritualist in suit and tie. And when that answer hit me, I was like, oh my God. Mm. You know, the de- it's going back to that point I made. The detail may change. How you share may change. I know people that share as chefs. There's a chef that I know at pharmacy in London. He's a wonderful bhakta and he shares through cooking devotional food. Like he preys on the food that he serves, you know. Oh, yeah. Most of us don't recognize when you go to eat in a restaurant, imagine the consciousness of the people that are cooking. I'm not saying that everyone is like that, but they're having to produce food on such speed and such scale that the consciousness that goes in, we're eating that, and we think it makes no effect on us. It's still to come. All the science behind this is still to come. But we all appreciate that home-cooked, loving-cooked food tastes way nicer Mm. at home than it does in a swanky restaurant. And it's because consciousness is everything. So the principle is not whether you sing it in this way or that, not whether you sing it with a a saxophone or with a djembe, but the principle is that you're trying to uplift consciousness. And so do it in a way which is uh, tasteful, which is authentic to the scripture. At the same time, don't focus on the detail too much. Do it in suit and tie if you want.
2: And if you're ever in London, on that note, Omnom, the food there. So Omnom in Angel in Islington. It's just it's would that be described like a b- it's like a back to your restaurant isn't it you yeah, do stuff there yeah and it's incredible yeah and like you can t- you can kind of taste the passion we had some t- on our training the, sh- the the owner came out and gave a talk yeah I think the owner or the manager yeah BJ ba- yeah yeah shout <laughs> out mate <laughs> yeah no it's amazing mm-hmm. uh, I would love t- you you mentioned something there the science is yet to come now I was always someone who was I need evidence I need data and then I married Holly so I don't know if you know that Holly my wife hey, Holly. is there. Oh, see, I oh, and let's not talk about it then. No talking. No. Oh, I'm not going to offend her. Uh, no, but Holly's very different to me. Holly's full of love and lights, and she does crystal sound healing, etc. And I was like, but there's no science. And then someone someone revealed a story to me. and I believe it was like maybe penicillin. And it was the fact that for so many years they had no idea how it worked. Mm-hmm. They know it did something. They could see what it did but they didn't know how it worked. And I come to think, actually, for sound healing, that might be the same. Like, for me, the quality of the science data isn't necessarily there in my I'm, you know, based on my limited knowledge, but it does amazing stuff for so many people. Mm-hmm. And I guess, you know, I don't know if anyone's actually researching the power of kirtan, I'm sure... Yeah,
0: there's quite a few studies on kirtan and mantra. And, and the what power are they of saying? Time. I mean, all the things you'd expect, that it's uh, changing your your mind in the way that it lowers your heart rate. It brings you to happier states. More endorphins are pumped through the body. There's a guy called TJ Power. If you want to message him on Instagram, TJ, a lot of messages coming away, my friend. But um, he basically has done the science on it and, s- and shown how... Has anyone done... i uh, seen that exper- uh, experiment where they put salt on a speaker. Like There's a speaker that's pumping music and it drops some salt on it. And it forms patterns, concentric mm. circles and like different patterns... Uh, that are shown and the idea is that these waves are having an effect on our awareness it's like if you're wanting to here's, here's here's the science that i guess in one sense you can all experience go to the gym and what kind of music do you put on passionate mm. <laughs> you can't mm. listen to the kind of uh, you know classical music now 10 more reps
2: <laughs> no i know do there no
0: yeah so th- we all use sound to change our awareness change our consciousness so if we believe that we're spirit souls, if we have even an inkling that there's a divine part of us, then why can sound not unlock that as well? And do you believe it works? Do you do any online
2: stuff? And do you believe that the power can be the same if people are watching a live stream or recording?
0: It can definitely work. I just don't do it because uh, I feed off the audience. I never mm-hmm. come with a plan. Like even this, we didn't talk about it. The kirtan that I just did on stage over there, didn't have a. P- what I'm going to do at five o'clock, no idea. I'm just going <laughs> to sit and see what does everyone look like Okay. Do they feel like they need an energy moment here? Let me just give that. And so you just have to be intuitive. And I can't do that online because everyone, no one wants to show their face because they don't have makeup on or you know they haven't had a haircut.
2: One interesting there, thing there, and it, it applies to anyone that leads any kind of group session, is how to read the room. And should you, because like for me, like if you, if I was in a yoga class and you saw me at the front row, my default face, like my child is inherited, unfortunately, is kind of default face is just angry. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you know, he's happy now, but the moment he takes it <laughs> out of his mouth, he's really, he looks at quite angry. And and yeah, <laughs> I might be really up for it. And I'm sure I'm probably the same in any event I've been to with you. I've probably looked angry in the moment. So is there something you're
0: looking for when you read the room?
2: And, I, and do you always read it correctly, I guess? <laughs> uh,
0: once you do it enough, you can start really, it's like with any performer, once you've done it enough times, you can kind of read what what's required. But the kind of signs I'm looking for is, um, yeah, it's almost you, you reading eyes. You know, first impressions, it's, it's not always about the muscles here and here. Like, you know, you were saying you look quite angry. You can just almost read from the eyes that this mm. is a person that's come for something deep or they've come for something that's passionate and energetic. You, like, when I go to Barcelona, you can just tell, like, when you look in the audience, they're so passionate that they just they get so bored when I'm doing the... They're like, oh, come on, man, like kick it. <laughs> so then I just hit it with something, and then they all just jump in, like throwing their clothes off and just going for it. And so it's it's just knowing, like, it's it's almost uh, intuition. You can't I can't describe it too much because uh, I'll give away my secrets.
2: Uh, we've got a, we've got to tie it up now. So I think uh-huh. a few little quick fires. One is. What kind of music were you guys listening to on your car journey down here?
0: Oh man. Completely with than complete Eminem. Oh man. <laughs> I mean, yesterday we listened to a bit of hip hop in the car. We listened to a guy called, uh, what's his name? Danger Mouse. Yeah. Danger yeah. Mouse. It was quite cool. But that was not my choice of music, but I, I'll tolerate what the band want to listen to. But today I listened to a lot of uh, Kiratan because um, I know this is short fire, but yesterday I got defeated. I went all the way to Shropshire, I won't tell you what festival I went to, but I went to Shropshire, and I was in a tent, and there were about five people in there. And I've got to a point now where if there's not 100 or 200 or 1,000 people, it's not normal. And so in this tent were five people, and we had that whole band with us. And so there I was, and I was like, maybe we just don't do the set, like we just go home. But it was so humbling, so humbling, so humbling, that when I woke up this morning, the word of the day was humility. And humility doesn't mean to think less of yourself. It means to think about yourself less. And so today it was all about kirtan. So on the way here, even though the two passengers maybe wanted me to put some danger mouse on, I just kept the kirtan on because today the word is humility.
2: I think there's nothing else to say. Thank you so much for your time you. once again. Thank you. Thank you. And what, when you're set here for people?
0: Uh, well, I'm back on at 5 o'clock. We're going to do some cool stuff then, so please join us. Otherwise, uh, thanks for tolerating. It's very kind of you to join us. In fact, let me address all of you <laughs> and try and see each and every one. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. So lovely to be with you. Thank you.
2: Thanks so much. Thank you so much, guys. And actually, we've both Holly and I have both been on Radhika's wonderful podcast. And, uh, yeah. and Radhika's been on ours twice, once very recently, so if you want a more in-depth chat. Honestly and balance is a podcast, and you can find an hour or two Honestly hour long chapter.